0: Welcome, everyone, to Friendology. Every couple of weeks, we get together here and we chat about different topics. Today, we are talking about tuition with, our, with my friends here. We're going to try and unpack the uh, topic, see uh, what it's all about. And so with me, I've got my friends Binyam, Joshua, and then on the screen, we've got Roger and Frank, where we're going to un- uh see what intuition is all about, see how we can uh, add that to our lives and into our relationships to best serve everyone. Enjoy Friendology.
1: Right on. Here we are. We are still down one member. We have yet to see a full cast here, right?
0: Just, yeah, one, one down.
1: One down. But, um... Today, friendolo- no, uh, on Friendology, Intuition. Thank you for that intro, Jonathan. Awesome job, You're by the welcome. way. You're welcome. Thank you. I like sharing that responsibility, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun.
1: I know. Who's Frank next? made a suggestion of a tune we could employ, <laughs> and I'd like to hold him to it and see if he could pull it off with a straight face. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Intuition, let's maybe start off by talking about Definition. We haven't, I don't think, checked the actual definition in the dictionary, but I see some reaching for their phones. Do I'm sure Google. Josh has done.
2: I've got my own definition <laughs> in my
1: mind. I don't know what the actual, like the, okay,
2: the that's Google what
1: definition. For. Let's go for the the definition in our minds. How will we come to understand sure. and think through this word here?
0: I, I haven't looked at the, uh, the exact definition yet. Okay. Um,
2: when i think of when i hear intuition i often hear the synonymous terminology or wording of thinking with my guts or or acting on my gut mm. and so um it's a sort of like an unconscious it's like this body thinking rather than a brain thinking it's what? thinking with your subconscious
0: yeah
2: um a sort of sub or unconscious whatever however you want to use it mm. and how does our body think well our body thinks with a sort of stored pattern recognitions yeah um from our lifetime mm. really and so it's it's as if our lifetime of experience is making decisions or having forming opinions etc for us without our conscious mind really knowing about it
0: mm. for for myself i I'd, I'd take that but then i'd also add on the other as uh, the more of using the whole body and mind thinking uh, so in in my intuition i try to also think back at previous experiences that might be contributing to mm. uh to that one experience and uh, that's yeah adding also, insight
2: to intuition is how I would view that, but okay. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, that's, but that's kind of all encompassing for sure. myself with okay. intuition. So using my gut, using my, my previous experience and putting it all into one basket. I kind of
2: that going, like that What's this? Roger, do you have a thought?
3: Yeah, you know, for me, it's less, I hear the piece about previous experience, but whenever, whenever I've leaned on my intuition, it always, it's always, it's, it's never been much about the past, or maybe it has been. Subliminal about the past, but fundamentally, it's been all about a gut-wrenching feeling or spiritual feeling about something, and whether whether it's right or wrong, whether it's a decision, a feeling about a person. Decision could be going left, going right. You know, so it's been <laughs> primarily driven for me on the gut versus past experience. Mm. What about you, Frank?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I think Joshua summed it up as well as I could have. Um, Definitely, it's sort of you know uh, being faced with an unscripted situation, meeting a person for the first time, sort of that first impression kind of situation, and and so the focus then being on like how does that make you feel, which would be like that that gut feeling, and whether that's a positive feeling or a negative feeling, and um, and that oftentimes, I mean, I I might I'm not a psychologist, but I would think that your gut feeling is very much influenced by your past experience. And so, um, you know, and sort of like what kind of feelings or sensations have you had in other similar situations and how would that make you feel in this situation? But, um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, certainly see some inherent bias in that, but, um, you know, and also, uh, I know I'm not really a person that I'd like to think, I mean, I always thought of myself as a person that doesn't really use intuition all that much. And so I'm, I'm really here to learn, um, you know, because I, you know, I, I think I always think of maybe I'm being stupid if I use intuition and that I should really take a step back and think things through and, and you know, check boxes in my head. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like I'd like to gain more intelligence in that area.
1: Frank has this way of coming across with such a genuine humility. I love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. (laughs) 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 Mm. That makes you really beautiful, Frank. Um, So for my part on intuition, I was thinking about a picture of reaching in deep in the moment reaching mm-hmm. deep so it wasn't like a superficial sort of a hey this is the top of my it, it is a top of the mind sort of response but the top of mind response an instantaneous reaching really deep as you're reflecting on whatever you're drawing your intuition to apply to so it's more of a profound spontaneous instantaneous reaching deep and giving something in that moment based on like what you guys are reflecting on from your past experiences your um, your ideals your convictions all that just coming up into one ball you're reaching real deep and saying i may not have a way of actually describing why i feel this way or why i'm going down this trajectory but this is what i'm re- reaching in deep and this is what i have to offer in this momentary response that's mm. what i was picturing there. Yeah.
2: I, I like if i can pull it all together briefly mm. here I like, you know, what sort of Frank and I seem to be saying it's, you know, influenced by the past, mm-hmm. stored memories, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then yourself um, and Roger especially are saying, well, it's, it's in the here and the, in the now it's the present moment. And and I think it's, it's probably both. But I also want to um, say that or notice that um, Roger mentioned the spiritual, which I thought is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see it like that, but I value that perspective. I just want to affirm that, that, you know, even if it, it, it's our stored memories in our body or in our gut or whatever, is that still a way for us to tap into the spiritual in some way? And, and it's not a yes or no. It's also a perspective. Maybe it's just healthy to have that perspective, to see um, this this sort of body um, talking to our brains as... A spiritual activity in the present moment, rather than just some some biological physiological phenomenon. And and maybe it is just a biological physiological phenomenon. But again, maybe that perspective adds so much meaning that can just bring joy and and purpose to to our uh, thought processes and our feelings, our emotions. I think that's really nice. Anyways. That's my thoughts.
0: Would would you guys like the official definition? (laughs) (laughs) As as per Google? Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Intuition. Now, the ability to understand something immediately without need for conscious reasoning. Okay. Hmm.
1: Without conscious reasoning. Without the need of conscious reasoning. Interesting. So the other element that I was um, playing by way of a question as I was listening to our input was, what part of intuition is for us in our experience is steeped in reason, and what part of it is steeped in lack of reason, more so like an instantaneous reaction? Do you see the mm-hmm. the you're trying to draw there? Well, like how much of our expression and application of intuition is based on maybe all that? reasoning that we've built on logic yeah logic if you will that's a good synonym there and how much is based on i have no idea why i did that but i punched you for no reason because that was my intuition or whatever expression (laughs) that might look like
2: well for one the action i think we should make distinct from the feeling uh, or the intuition in and of itself because intuition is not an action Right. A uh, reaction to intuition might be an action.
1: Gotcha. Oh, I see. The action is not the intuition. Ah, That's right. Helpful,
2: yeah. helpful. So yeah. we should make that distinction. That's all. Helpful. helpful.
0: Yeah. 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 The I want to punch you versus <laughs> I,
2: punch I just you. punched you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think it will ever happen nor will ever happen in this circle, friends. Nope.
1: In brotherly love, of course. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was just oh. <laughs> this cape <code> right here. <laughs> yes. Hang <laughs> <laughs> it <get> on in. <laughs> Frank. Uh, Roger, do you want to contribute?
3: <laughs> you know, what just comes to my mind where I struggle with intuition. Um, I understand fundamentally what intu- intuition is all about and how it helps us. But where I struggle is there is a fear, trust, uh, self-confidence factor that creeps into my head sometimes. And so I have to, through my exercise of reflexivity, try to make a distinction between what's intuition, which I, I know is leading me right 99% of the time, and what is fear, trust, self-confidence, distractions that are the other noise in my head. And so uh, I don't know if you guys have that kind of, those kinds of experiences, but uh, that, that's what I struggle with in terms of discerning, okay, is this my intuitive voice talking to me? Or is it my fear voice or some other voice talking to me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. For, for me, those those two feel different in my body. Um, the fear based is more in my head. Um, what I can what I can tell anyway, but then my intuition is like Joshua is explaining, uh, is more in my gut, and uh, and that's kind of how I'm able to try to start to distinguish which is which. Not sure what you guys is. Experiences
4: have been with those, but uh, that's where I am at. I'm kind of the opposite of that. Like my gut is like the feeling of the bit of my stomach is my negative feeling. Mm. <laughs> that's my fear, and uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, if I'm feeling this sort of spiritual connection, that's that's a feeling. It's 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 an, it's like a, an energy that's that's coming from that situation or that person. And that's kind of like a warm fuzzy feeling all over um and it's just kind of uh you know a positive kind of vibe where you know i want to continue being in that situation whether there's a rational reason for it or not um but i mean getting back to roger's original point with respect to trust um i do wonder sort of like maybe you're faced with a new situation or uh, a new person or a new situation or even a new situation with old people that you've known for a long time if that somehow connects in your brain with a previous experience that was negative, you know, then then I, you know, I have this this intuition to maybe you know shy away or or avoid that situation um, without necessarily having had a rational debate in my head as to whether or not.
2: Or I'm even awareness.
4: It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And in those cases, the question then is, does that serve us well? And Roger says, ninety-nine percent of the time it does. What do you guys think? Know. Does 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 that intuition serve you well?
1: Is another way of asking that question. How often can we trust intuition yeah. in an yeah. Yeah. application? Yeah, yeah.
2: that's the, the, what I'm getting at. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. For for me, I have to sit with it mm-hmm. for a little bit. If I if I just if I, if I have an intuitive thought or feeling and I just act on it right away, usually it doesn't work out very well. But then sometimes, well, most of the time, I try to just kind of step back, sit with it, maybe even sleep on it a night, maybe even a whole week, depending on kind of what the topic is, and and then be able to go from there. Um, so, I, I,
3: yeah. I have an interesting one that I'm not sure is an intuitive thought. Through the context of intuition that we're talking about, and I'll share it. And it's coming as a parent. I cannot tell you how many times I have been miles and miles away from my daughter, or even in the same home where my daughter is concerned. Mm. And my intuitive nature, or my spirit, or whatever it is—maybe it's not intuition—has a feeling that something's off, or she's about to do something. And then I'll I'll move, I'll either call her or I'll go to her and I'll address it and she'd be so flabbergasted like <laughs> busted. So How did she you know what I you know mean? So is that is that intuition as well? Is that or is that something else? You know, when you kinda get a feeling or a sense I and mean, mm. it could be a parent with a kid or it could be from one love partner to another love partner. Mm. But would that be intuition as well? I almost
4: wonder if that's instinct. <laughs> ah,
3: okay. Yeah, okay. Intuition, instinct.
4: Parental
0: instinct. Yeah. yeah. Heck, even quantum physics. I don't know. Does that apply <laughs> at all?
2: <laughs> well, if I could respond to that, I mean, in my mind, there's two parts of my brain going off when you tell the story. The science mind says, oh, there's uh, this belief beforehand, and then there's confirmation bias that's... <laughs> affirming it because of this experience that you remember and you forget the other ones that didn't confirm it but then the spiritual part of my brain is like well no that could be something and if that's something that helps you and or her and or whatever if it's helpful why not run with it and is it possibly accurate and true sure everything's possible um and can it add meaning to your life to believe that seems to so, yeah. I'm conflicted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Frank, I was going to ask you Frank if instinct isn't a piece of the pie in the pie of an intuition.
4: I think it, it probably is, yeah, absolutely.
1: Especially just because of that <clears throat> sense that we were describing where you know, we're responding almost like here's what this looks like for us when we're expressing intuition is almost like a for me I I I described reaching deep down and saying, "Hmm, I feel it. Like it's got to go down this track here. There seems to be some sense of instinct that I'm relying on there. Hence why I was relating with what Roger was describing when he was saying, I wonder if this doesn't have some part in, hmm, I can't explain this, but yet I'm responding to it.
2: So I can comment on the word instinct. Okay. Um, instinct is something that's um, there before we're born, mm. whereas intuition is something that's, that's viewed as something that is there because of our life experience. To, in some way unless you view it as spiritual or whatever but even then it, it's still acquired yeah. just maybe not biologically viewed as acquired
3: yeah.
2: um but they're both the same thing they're both stored in our in our bones our, our physiology or whatever yeah. um but yeah one is like it's instinct for a baby to you know suckle the boob kind of thing yeah. that is the same instinct for all people and i might Couldn't call that
4: intuition that, um like being protective of your children or at least having some kind of, I don't know, some kind of unspoken reaction to the way that you react to your children might be an instinct. I mean, it might not be developed when you're born, but maybe, like it seems like most adult parents have something along those lines that maybe isn't learned behavior.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Why do we even care about our children? Yeah. Why don't we just let them do their own thing? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Survival of the species. <laughs> yeah,
2: right?
4: Instinct But I mean is specifically absolute, yeah. your own children over other children. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. For sure. So bringing us back to that previous question again, how often do we find our intuition leads us in uh, pathways where yes. we like, we affirm the result of the intuition versus how many times are we saying, oh, we, our intuition missed the mark this time? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, how often do we find in our frame of reference, as we apply intuition, we're like, oh, I'm glad I I relied on my intuition. Again, it affirmed the consistency of the need to listen to intuition versus it's almost like a lottery ticket. Sometimes it's a a hole-in-one, and other other times it's in in a different ballpark.
0: I, I for one, am uh, human, so I don't... Member, 100 percent of my experiences, uh, sure. um, And I, I'm not even going to comment on that because yeah. I I know my number would be way off. Uh, I mean, even other. if I were to say like 50 50, absolutely, not no, no, no way of knowing. Okay. Absolutely may wrong.
2: May I suggest that the trustworthiness of our intuition is based on the domain or the context that we're in. For example, if you're a firefighter and you've been in, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've helped, you know, prevent fires or, or deal with fires on hundreds, if not thousands of times, mm-hmm. and you go into a new fire, your intuition's going to, you know, probably be helpful and accurate mm-hmm. versus, you know, someone in another a domain or another aspect of life. They've never been at before, and they have intuition. Is it going to help them? Maybe not as much, right? In, um, that realm. in in that realm, may I also suggest? And this is just uh, this is not coming from expertise per se, but mm-hmm. I wonder if people that are that feel emotions deeper mm-hmm. might also feel more confidence in those emotions, and um, intuition being like an emotion. Um, whereas other people that are that don't experience as deeply emotions, like they still ex- everyone experiences emotions, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those who don't feel it as intensely, mm-hmm. I wonder if they have less uh, confidence in their intuition.
0: I've got uh, a cool mm-hmm. story to share, uh, if that's okay. Um, Andrea, whom all of you guys know, uh, her and I were on uh, a bus together years ago and uh, just as we were getting onto the bus we sat down we got settled in and she's she said something's wrong like something is not right and i can just feel it in my gut and i was like ah, nah, 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine uh you know you're just being over dramatic um but I, I didn't say those words, <coughs> thankfully. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have eaten them. Uh, I was, I was just like, hey, do you know what? We'll, we'll just take it as it comes. You know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, we'll be stay We'll, we'll still be safe. So we're, we're keeping on driving. And about an hour after uh, we left uh, the station, we uh, were like, we're, we're, we're sitting there. We're going, huh? I'm, smelling this weird smell in the air and Andrea was starting to get nauseous and I I walked to the back of the bus and I'm like, oh, it's much worse back here and it smelled like, um, I know you guys aren't car guys but it smelled exactly like a Duramax diesel exhaust I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I went up to the bus driver and I like, I said, look, we need to pull over as soon as possible. And uh, so he pulled over. We got everyone off the bus, and a bunch of people in the back of the bus were actually starting to feel much more nauseous and lightheaded, and not not a good not a good situation. And so we opened up the the back of uh, of this diesel pusher, and uh, and we um, we found that there was a coolant line that had come off and was leaking coolant and spraying vaporized coolant into the air intake for the cab. So we were all breathing in vaporized coolant. Uh, And all of that started with Andrea saying, something is off, something is not right. And you guys all know Andrea's sensitivity. So was was that Andrea smelling the coolant line already off and spraying coolant into the cab? Or was that her intuition saying something's not right or her instinct saying that something's not right? So how does that tie into everyone else's experiences with intuition, right? What if they're like microscopic Indicators that we're picking up on that are <coughs> passing our rational brain and going straight into the uh, subconscious. I think that's exactly what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. I like what Joshua is saying, though, too. Okay, there are some indifferent. Fields maybe like the fireman who his intuition has been honed where he's like I know when something's off in this kind of parameters here. Same way as someone who is coming from a very abusive home maybe physically or verbally mm-hmm. who has a different intuition to know something's coming down the pipeline here before it materializes. And even mm-hmm. as you're mentioning Andrea, um, when I listen to her often when we're on walks or whatever, she is describing this other worldly sense where she's like Hmm, something's amiss or arrived." And I have no idea, but I've learned to say, I'm giving credibility to those who have a finer um, sensory uh, access or accessibility to those realms where I'm like, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I'm willing to walk down this pathway with you as you check this out and maybe be proved um, afterwards, you know. so uh, mm-hmm. So I wonder if there isn't those different realms that we have access to where we own it in that area where we are very familiar with, whatever that looks like, you know, yep. versus other areas which we are more aqueousic on because we are just not familiar, right? So for example, even in your role as a um, psychologist, Josh, I'm thinking in some uh, cases, your your skill has brought you to a level where you're not only listening to the things that are being said, but you're also listening to things that are not said that will may give you intuition into where you're going to start angling your inquiries to be able to unearth other things that weren't readily accessible, but you have that intuition again because of time spent there, for example, right?
2: Sure, but my goal and my hope is that it passes intuition and turns into uh, active, conscious, logical, rational thought. So Mm -hmm. I'm taking it down a certain path intentionally. And if I'm not, if I'm just following my intuition automatically, I think that many would would... uh, perceive me as an incompetent right. um, psychologist.
1: But mm. you see that all sort of that intuition or that d- um, willingness to walk on the intuition to say, is there something here before you? If there's, if, if it's, uh, if, if if it comes up empty, you're not going to keep on following it. But the only reason you really thought, let me explore a little bit more over here, was that in, that in, intuition primer of sorts. <clears throat> it's not that you're trying to prove the intuition. It's just more like hmm, curiosity. Let me just check this out over here. That intuitive. Is there something under the radar here, right? Even as I'm interacting with my Uber riders on the road, whoa, this is an epiphany, my intuitiveness <laughs> is on full alert and sensing because what happens in the way I connect with people is almost like this intangible, how much permission have I received from this person? And a huge part of that for me relies on that intuition of saying, I think I've r- arrived at this threshold here, and then I'm pressing a little bit further over here. So it's almost like a, uh, that practice that is in play to be able to say, I never ask, saying, can I have permission for this next one? It's my intuition on full, uh, full gear saying next um, step here. What does this next area here look like? And then I keep on following that way, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. If if it comes up debunked, for example, let's say someone jumps in and my intuition is saying, yeah, they seem open to engaging. And I start engaging, but they're still showing close signs. After a couple moments, I'll say, yeah, I got this one wrong. Versus other ones predominantly, which are like, yeah, full access. Mm-hmm. Look at where we ended up here in this intuitive dance of sorts. As we're engaging each other in our interaction. Hmm. Roger. So would you say then that
4: that, right? that 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 intuition is almost like a sixth sense for some people?
1: Almost, I I would be willing to go down that pathway, Frank. Hmm. Sixth sense. That's interesting. Because Sorry,
4: I interrupted. You guys were going to prompt
1: Roger to say something. <laughs> yeah, Roger had that like look on his face, and he was like, I'm in zone.
2: <laughs> May. I? Sorry, if, if, can I say something here just in response yeah. to the sixth sense real quickly? I, I wouldn't call it a sixth sense because it's inside of you. I think that it comes from external through whatever our senses are, sight, touch, whatever. And then it goes into our body and then it comes back to our brain. So it, it's like it passes through our sensation part of our brain into the our body and then comes back to our conscious. Uh, the conscious part of our brain.
4: So biologically, it doesn't make sense
3: for
2: it to be. Uh, to be called a sixth sense, no, in my opinion. <laughs> True. But anyways, go on, <laughs> Roger.
3: Oh no, I didn't have any special thought other than the fact that I was just trying to listen to everyone's comments and thoughts and perhaps, probably, summarize it in my own head that perhaps you know clearly intuition is is a is a, is a spread or a, a multi-layered facets of different things that. Work as one unit, right? It's um, feeling, it's spiritual. Uh, we're just negating that it's less of a sixth sense thing, but nonetheless, in order for intuition to work right or guide us right, it clearly has multi, a multi-dimensional facets that we have to probably pay attention to: the gut, the spirit, you know. So yeah, that's that's what I'm taking away from it, and how mindful I need to be. In terms of that difference, in terms of what's intuitive versus what's instinctive, and I think it's important for me to be careful of that as an individual because I don't want to to be responding to the wrong thing at the wrong time, or the right thing at the wrong time, <laughs> either one of the two. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
3: So then how does the application, we're
1: talking in some general terms here, as we're talking about what it feels like, how we're sort of processing its existence in the way we employ it, I'm thinking about how does it come to find its place in the midst of friendship?
2: Benjamin, was just gonna transition. He <laughs> oh,
1: <gotcha. laughs> took the transition from me. Um, was that an intuitive um, <laughs> bridge that we just uh, built together? Please um, formulate the. <laughs> no, question. No, no, it's Formu- you know honestly, yeah, th-
3: th- this is good.
2: It's a good. It's a, the, the right question because mm-hmm. we're we're doing friendology. We're talking about friendships, mm-hmm. and so the question then is, how does intuition, either rightly or wrongly, uh, apply to both perhaps the forming of friendships as well as the maintain, maintenance of, of mm-hmm. friendships. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I have some thoughts on that, but maybe I'll
1: <laughs> well, I have a
3: story, I'll share. I'll Please. share yeah, a story listening. on that thread, and it's a particularly personal story. So so I'm on Bumble, and I'm on Bumble BFF, and when you go on my Bumble BFF profile, I, I make it clear that I'm open for friendship connections, right? And mm-hmm. so I think we'd all agree that well, let me speak for myself. As an individual, I've come to the placement of myself where different friends satisfy different things in my core identity. Well, one friend may be better for for watching TV or hanging out with games or conversations like these. So back to the point of being on Bumble. And, and so I recently had coffee with this guy who purports to want the same thing as well in terms of friendship. And, you know, he he puts his profile with his girlfriend on there of himself because he unfortunately some of these web things you get solicited by the wrong type of people. In any event we had coffee and we sat down and I'm going off of a profile on our first meeting and this is a friendship meeting. And I my intuition I had to really push it hard in terms of okay is this person an authentic person in the context of what they're representing themselves as and why we're here, number one? And in light of that and the very little that I put on my own profile, which is almost nothing, all I said is I'm here for friendships only and nothing mm-hmm. else. How much do I say of myself? How much do I lend of myself, uh, given that this is a dude bro kind of friend kind of meetup, right? So um, – I went out on a limb. I followed my intuition. I think, or was it my instinct? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was, you know, I was, I was, I allowed myself. I revealed certain things to myself. And interesting enough, it turns in—it's—it's it's turning out to be a, a cool. Uh, what appears, it could be a cool friendship yeah. with someone who enjoys conversation and who is involved with a female partner, but just. Kind of wants to sort of have a kaleidoscope of friendships in his life. Mm. So that's my recent experience. It just, I mean, literally happened a few days ago. And so, would you say that was my intuition at work, trying to discern all those things, or was that my instinct at
1: work? You know what this reminds me of, uh, Roger, is another conversation yeah. I just had yesterday, twice yeah. in the same day, with yeah. two different writers. And the short of this conversation was how I was describing to them. They were, I'm trying to remember how this started, but the, the basic essence of this conversation with these two writers was, I don't ever, oh, I remember how it happened. We were passing by some really beautiful houses, and she made the assumption that these people were just being lavish on purpose to sort of flaunt their wealth. And I said, I'm not sure I agree because I haven't had a chance to talk to these individuals yet. (laughs) And I want to give them the courtesy of being able to hear their intentions instead of assessing it and coming to a conclusion without their input, right? And so there's a lot that is unknown to me. And so I want to actually get a chance to first of all see that person in front of me with a blank slate and let them color in their own picture that I can assess. Perhaps it's noble um, intentions that they have in the building of these beautiful ma- uh, mansions that they live in, or maybe it is um, ill intentions um, in reference to what we would say is right or wrong, You know, which is, again, personal um, assessment, but I would want to give that. And so I was hearing that even as you were going to meet this individual and you're trying to figure out what do I make of this individual from his pre- presentation to in-person meeting and how do we collate that even in the way we intuit what their intentions are and in, in how they presented themselves and what uh, what kind of um, um, application of integrity that they had. Because honestly, how often do we not present ourselves in engaging socially with our best foot forward without actually showing the full picture, right, which is also necessary for giving a fuller picture. So it's almost like a degree that I see it, it going through, especially by way of giving that, honor that courtesy that um that respectfulness to the individual to have a say first before we get to that point. I may have missed your point there, but that was what I was just reflecting on there Roger.
3: No no I, I think the correlation of what you're saying and what I'm saying is there you know. Mm-hmm. And and how do you you know and and so though you did, we're describing two different uh um um situations there is an intersectionality around it yeah. in terms of of the thought processes and that goes there, you know. How? What do you? Mm-hmm. What do you discern? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I just had to, I had to share that, and I'm glad it connected with you in some way, in terms of how I. You know. shared with
1: us last week in uh, our oh no, the, w- the week before our last recording session. Some uh. of these gents were saying, "Hey, Binium, like i I resonated with you right off the bat. Joshua is the same way Jonathan was the same way. We kind of like hit it almost instantaneously at a core where we got to really deep fast right where we just got hmm, this is our people kind of thing, and we are chewing on the same uh, beef jerky and it's it it's it's, <laughs> it's it's our jam right." And then you mentioned, Roger, that your perception of me was different because you needed some time. You're like, wow, this individual is a little bit out of the norm in the way he engages. I'm going to need to take my time with this individual. I would say there's different angles that we're approaching of uh, intuition about an individual, right? Whereas these gentlemen were like, hey, right right on, my intuitive um, accessibility is saying, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive deep. I'm willing to go with you on this one here. And then yours, and it's not right or wrong, was more, um, I'm going to just wait for some time, because this is my MO, to make sure you're the real deal before you choose to open up and share more, become vulnerable, etc.
3: It's, it's interesting you're saying this, because <laughs> in the context of friendology and friendships, I'm going to touch on, on Frank and Joshua. I With Frank, I also was very careful in terms of being receptive and I think what was the turning point for me in being in, me accepting Frank and being authentic around Frank was a vulnerability that I shared with a mutual friend of ours whose name I won't say on a recording. Mm-hmm. But we had a mutual we have a mutual friend and she and I shared and commiserated on something and connected and, and Frank's response <laughs> his empathetic and compassionate response and the way he on the sidelines very gently demonstrated deep understanding, that was what endeared me to him, that moment. And it wasn't the first day I met him, it was a number of weeks after. You know, and and, and Joshua, with you, it was, uh, I, I don't know how I, can I say it? it was, I guess I can say the mother of your child, uh, but it was another conversation there that made me sort of, I mean, you'd always been open and welcoming, Uh, And my intuition was, okay, this is good, but let's, you know, uh, let's see. But then it was another conversation with that one common thread that helped me solidify. So, you know, there's a personality thing about me as well that probably lends for that. And does that tap into intuition? Uh, I I think so. Uh, Does that mean that some of us's rates of intuition are slower? Faster than others? I, I, I don't know. We're we're brainstorming here, but um I throw it out to you. Uh, Jonathan, I left you out as the one that I I picked on to be how slow or fast <laughs> I <can. laughs> but, So maybe you should respond be first because of that. Hmm. I
0: I don't think slow or fast is an accurate um Oh dang, ac- wishing this
1: is uh, a race. Oh, <laughs> okay. no, I
0: don't, I don't think that's, I
1: don't,
0: I don't think that's accurate. I think, I think it's more, I, I think we all have similar speeds, but maybe, Dad, yeah, I, I, do
1: you know what? I, I'm not sure. Would it be fair to suggest it's a different application process that we employ based on our personalities and our background experiences that we're bringing to the fore? I like that. Because that
3: accounts. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's exactly what I was feeling. I was wanting to say, but I was just like, ah. Okay, good. good." Good. That's okay. That's okay.
1: Thank you for translating. No, now now take it. Please (laughs) run with it. Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no.
1: Good. Okay. So, Roger, (laughs) again, uh, this is where I, I guess I personally veer away from prescriptive. Here's the right way to do things. Here's the wrong way to do those things, especially in the realm of how we're trying to understand the way we tick. When we are trying to understand the way we tick, we tick in a way that no one else in the world has ticked because no one has walked in our shoes before. For some, it may seem, quote unquote, slow because there's things that they're bringing to the table that have to be processed for that intuition to be brought to application. That is totally different for others, right? So in my sphere of reference, here you, here's you, Roger, and myself, two colored individuals amongst this uh, f- uh, f- a group of friends who are Caucasian, right? And yet, even in reference to black issues that we're currently facing in our world today, we have such diverse experiences, even though we share the same skin color. I, I agree. Bring. Yeah. Uh, a different frame of reference. So when I'm sharing my experiences, I can't relate with you because I haven't been in the neighborhoods that you've been in when you were young. I haven't been in those experiences that make you who you are today. Mine, I would probably say, I'm just going to speak for my experience, I would say I've lived such a sheltered existence, such a sheltered uh, existence that lends to a certain (coughs) level of ignorance on my end, which compels me to start asking questions of people like yourself who have gone through those experiences saying, Help me understand what I'm not seeing here, because I can't relate to that. Right. So this, th- there's again that difference of application. Totally.
3: And, and the word you and I had this pri- this c- very conversation privately one-on-one yeah. uh, a few days ago, yeah. and the word I used was cocooned, Right. Right. Yeah. You're you're cocooned in mm-hmm. a way that's different from yeah. from my from my reality, and so there there's quite a bit of my reality that you don't understand, in spite of what may appear to. Others' eyes, they may think that there's that. You know what I mean?
1: And not that that's wrong. See that? Correct. Like it, it's, it, it was my fault that it was such a cocooned existence, right? The point is, it's different. And so the real, uh, the real question is we're trying to understand each other's intuitive um, application process is how open are we willing to accommodate for someone else's experience, which we may not resonate with, and still make room for that in their own sphere of, here like, we're not asking you the question, Roger, well, what's your problem? When you met me, why didn't you just stick with me the way that Jonathan and Joshua did, for example? I feel offended. No, we're not saying that. We're saying something in a different way of saying, hey, you do you because you're processing your life as best as you see um, possible from your frame of reference, and how can we give each other that right of of application, which is really necessary, I think. Joshua's been holding his tongue here, so I'm just gonna make him hold his tongue a little <laughs> bit for the further, because he has some ideas. Frank, would, do, would, do you care to j- jump in here?
4: Um, I don't know, Joshua's shifting his seat. He's got, he's got uh, stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have stuff to say too, but uh, I please go I ahead, like Frank. For first.
1: No, 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 you go first, Frank. I'm, okay. sure
3: that, I, I'm watching Frank's face, I'm eager to, because <laughs> to, yeah. I'm
4: um, I'm just feeling like uh, intuition is intuition, like whether it you feel a negative thing, a positive thing, or an indifference, it's intuition, it's not good or bad, and everyone processes that differently, and so um, you know, I'm certainly met people where I feel an instant connection and and it's it's a gut feeling and and, and you know it's uh it, it's it's a positive vibe, it's a great energy. But I've also met people where, you know, kind of I I see them here and there. We're more of an arm's length acquaintance and, and it takes me a while to warm up and, and maybe they've approached me or I've thought about approaching them but not really sure. Um, and then there's always, you know, I guess with anyone that kind of becomes someone that I would count as a friend, a close friend, then there's always sort of that turning point, like some of these uh, examples that Roger gave, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe that kind of opens the floodgates to developing a deeper bond. Mm-hmm. But all of that space, like all of that intuition, I think, you have an intuition kind of experience with, with every setting. Um, it's the only other thing... I would add to that is um, I lost my green thoughts, so
1: oh, it it'll come back to me. Yeah, you. no worries. We'll get back to you, Frank.
4: Yeah, there is there is one more thing I wanted to add, but I can't remember it right now. I'm all over while Joshua jumps <laughs> in. You cut that out. <laughs> hey, that by out. the way,
1: just we we. We're not cutting anything out. We want to show how (laughs) we mess our way through this. The biggest part I want to be a hit in this is how unprofessional this can be because I want it to be like that kind of authentic. Well, that's
2: what friendships are like is unprofessional. And, you know, I wonder if you had a conversation with a new friend, a potential friend, and it was very cold and clinical and, you know, everything went perfect. Your intuition would probably say, "Eh, this is a bit off. There's something Mm -hmm. (laughs) not – um right about this it's too yes it's, it's too perfect too clean right yeah. so i think um
1: oh, man because so jump, jump sure. that's one thing i know some people have a beef with me when they first meet me for example is i come across as too good to be true and that throws up the spidey senses in which the intuition initially is mm, i'm gonna put you on hold So, yeah, you just reminded me of that. Mm, That's interesting. No, seriously, that that Um, happens.
2: For sure, I believe it. And I – anyways, personally, this is just speaking for myself. I strive to reduce intuition and Mm. to not rely on it because I see intuition as unconscious processing without insight. And this is my definition. And therefore, if I can develop insight into my own bodily sensations – then I'm not calling it intuition anymore. I'm calling it insight. Um, And the more that I can have insight, the better. The more that as I choose friendships, for example, or as I screen or assess or determine whether a person ought to be someone I would pursue, want to pursue as a friendship or not, or to what level or depth I want to pursue them as a friendship, Mm. then I want to be able to pull out the reasons and the the things that I, you know, for example, are they vulnerable, right? Um, Are they able able to be vulnerable? Are they able to be empathic and validate my emotions, et cetera? These are things that I want in, are they able to engage in in intellectual depth, you know, et cetera, right? Um, But I think also we have to keep in mind that in choosing friends, we often will choose not what is right or what is good, but what is familiar. Because what is familiar puts us at ease, right? If we notice a characteristic or quality in a friend that is the same characteristic or quality in one of our, in our sibling or or parents or our cousin growing up, we're going to be like, oh yeah, that's familiar. And we're not going to feel fear or related negative emotions. And when we on the contrary, on the flip of that, if we experience a characteristic or quality that is new, then we, I think, experience this sense of uncertainty. New is unknown. We don't know what to do with this. And what is unknown? What's our um, emotional res- re- response to the unknown? Fear. And fear is a negative thing, experiences a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And then we have this internalized. We could call it intuition, like, oh, this person's off. And maybe they're not off. Maybe there's nothing wrong with them. Maybe there's just a characteristic that we're not familiar with. And so if we're not – if we don't have insight into our intuition, we – I think, can we – we can cut the door off – we can shut the doors to potential friends that are different but so good and have the potential to have diversity and uh, to challenge and creativity and et cetera into our lives – Um, And then what we'll do is we'll only allow those in that are just like us or just like the people we've historically hung out with. And I think that's unfortunate. Then we're heading towards, is this the the right word? Monogeneity? Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. Like basically we're going to surround ourselves with people that are exactly like us. And what fun is that? And it may be, but you know what, for people that are driven by fear, Um, or driven by um, just they just want comfort in the moment you know that's what they're going to do and that's so be it right Uh, who am I to tell them what they should and should not do in in terms of developing friends but personally I don't want to be driven by fear so if I experience a characteristic or unique quality in person that's, that's a little bit off I'll be like okay What's going on here? And I I, I want to pursue them even more. And I sort of have to do this because as a therapist, people walk into my office and and they're, you know, I've never met them before. And within 5, 10 minutes, they're telling me all the inner depths of their lives and I see their personalities and their temperaments. And if I immediately, like, listen to my intuition and be like, oh, that's different. I'm not going to like this person. I I should, you know... Um, view this person with skepticism or whatever, then I'm not going to be a very good therapist, am I? <laughs> um, instead, I need to listen. I need to draw in, draw closer, and ask the questions with intrigue and, and understanding or attempt to understand. And so in that sense, I would say that, yeah, I I strive to take my intuition away or to reduce it so that I can um, develop more rational um, insightful understandings of of people whether they be clients or friends etc um so yeah that's does that make sense everybody
1: i was listening i was tracking Mm -hmm. i have some ideas i want to question on what you're saying but let me just ask gents if you have some ideas or things that josh has sparked in your in your listening to his perspective what do you guys think
0: uh i'd like to go on a little bit of a tangent there uh, you had said that you try, you strive to reduce the amount of intuition by, you know, insight. sitting with it and turning it into insight. Um, on uh, on a, a regular Friday get together that uh, I've been around, <laughs> um, I I actually have been practicing letting my intuition roam more freely um, just to see what happens because I know it's a safe space. Mm. And uh, that is exactly with uh, one of the last Friday, actually the last Friday gathering that I was at was it, it happened exactly like that. I got an intuitive thought uh, to ask a question and I went with that and it opened up a really, Mm. really cool vulnerable conversation uh, that ended up in me being told that, yeah, well, when Jonathan asks questions, <laughs> it just seems like he doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> so it was it was kind of kind of cool to go down that road a little bit and now, just do let. Do you see why I love doing that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I oh, I know. I, uh, yeah, so I just really have, I, specifically on on those get-togethers, I let myself uh, run with my intuition and I don't really worry about insight. Um, or or being about or about being
1: politically correct because I know it's a safe space. Because you're opening a more of a can of worms for me, and I need to explore that. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that, Jonathan.
0: You're welcome,
1: Roger Frank. Please chime in here because I'm trying to make sense of what these gentlemen are contributing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's 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 just fascinating all the different perspectives and. And identi- identity adjustments around intuition, because I mean the, the fact that uh, Jonathan brings in the whole piece of of safe space mm-hmm. and how he allows that to to run free. You know, I, yeah. earlier I mentioned I mentioned how how in- intuition clearly from this conversation, the learning I'm walking away with is how multifaceted and multilayered it is. And yeah. so with Jonathan talking about safety, mm-hmm. you know. And and how that all um, oh, that propels it. propels his uh, his uh, proclivity to, to 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 you know put his intuition forward. Yeah. Uh, that's very that's a fascinating share on his part and and a, and, a, and a learning for me to walk out, walk away with in terms of how I'm going to process and look at making my intuitive nature do more for me. You know. Do you know what it made, it made all, me ask,
1: Roger? It made me ask the question. Does intuition have more freedom when one feels safe, or does it also have an urgency when it doesn't feel safe? So you were describing that experience that you had where you're like, hey, in a safe space, I feel like my intuition can have free roaming more than other scenarios. That's what I was intuiting. Yep. Into it. Oh my goodness. I just <laughs> <into it>. ah! <laughs> and, and
3: yeah. without without realizing it, Bindam, you're connecting this to something that you said earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because it's part and this is part of the layers of intuition again. Yeah, yeah. You spoke earlier about the application process. You so nicely created the language around that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's part of an individual's application process, and mine is very tentative and mm. careful. I have a background and a context that okay. has a causality around that. Okay. And so, because I'm so tentative and careful, my application process is is of such yeah. that I can relate to Jonathan okay. uh, to Jonathan in terms of the piece of safety, right. you know, mm, right. in, the, in allowing the intuitive nat- intuition, my intru- my intuitive nature to to be more free. Yeah. So connecting like t- the
1: pieces. Would another way to put, uh, to put this be, intuition has a stronger expression when one has a sense of confidence, because, like, do we need confidence internally to be able to act on our intuition? it is probably a different phrasing of that question. Or, can you operate your hmm. intuitive abilities... When you're like, ah, I feel so out of my element. I'm really scared right now. I don't feel confident in the next step here, but I'm operating on intuition. That's an interesting. Maybe the
4: confidence piece is something you could use. I don't know. To more challenge your intuition. Okay. Um, I mean, getting back to Joshua's point and kind of being having this fear of homogeneity in terms of friendships and mm. and maybe um that mm. maybe that's also um a reason why one might want to take a step back uh, maybe some you've met someone and didn't get a, a good feeling mm-hmm. uh per se but then you can go back and you know take a step back think about it ration out, rationalize out why you felt that way and maybe there's a good reason maybe there isn't and then therefore kind of you know have this kind of noble cause to challenge the, you know, the kinds of friendships that you develop and the kinds of people that you might want to develop connections with.
1: Absolutely. Love it. So, yeah, that's good. Thank you, Jonathan, for that spark of, whoa, I'm not sure about this anymore. But th- th- that was really good. <laughs> that was really helpful. Coming back to what Joshua was saying, I did appreciate a few things that you were saying, Joshua. The questions that came up, I'm just going to rattle them off because I had to write them down like, whoa. Okay, so, um, how well we know ourselves. You were mentioning it really helps if one is aware of their own frame internally. Like, if one knows himself better, they probably have a way of understanding how they apply intuition, correctly or incorrectly, perhaps, and then the way that that comes about. So, is that similar
2: to the analogy of, of um, the firefighters, right? Uh, right. Uh, so, so, do do we, we understand down, ourselves? Do uh, we understand the context? Good. We can have good or. But here's
1: the thing, though, Josh. I would say. I'm just going to make a statement here that may be incorrect, but it's just from my frame of reference, I would suggest that there are many who are masters in their field, whatever that is, from those who are doing it career-wise to those who are doing it Mm -hmm. in their own homes. I I gave a frame of reference earlier of the uh, abusive home, for example. There are those who know that scenario really well, so they're applying intuition in those realms, but it doesn't necessarily, I would argue, mean that one knows themselves well enough. They may know their environment well enough that they're responding to it intuitionally, but I'm not sure that's the same thing as saying one knows themselves and why they take the way they do, why they respond the way they do, why they fly off the handle the way they do. <coughs> that's the element I'm not sure, for the most part, the majority in society have access to, and hence why we have such a demand for services like yours, where you as a psychologist, therapist, counselors, um, uh, life coaches help people get to know themselves by giving them tools to understand the internal part of what goes on in the brain. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's the outside world yeah. and then there's the inside world. And that's the part I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. sure most people have access to that inside world and saying because to actually look at oneself in the mirror in a very candid way and see what's really there is a scary thing. You, you 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 would agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really scary thing for them to get to that point and say, I don't like what I see, so it seems that most people's MO would be I'm going to try to avoid this opportunity by deflecting and looking at others, circumstances, everything that will will, um, distract them from the necessary work that one wants to do on themselves, to get mastery over what's going on here and how can I get to know the core here from which I'm acting from. Would you agree with that? Mm. Yeah. Especially Uh, because the next part of this, Joshua, you mentioned was the fear component. And I was thinking, huh. I totally agree. That's one of the biggest um, observations I've seen since I've been in this culture as an immigrant once upon a time, but having to learn this culture from ground up, one of the things I would probably say as a blanket statement for most in our culture is that in this cultural setting that we live in in North America, in the Western world, we have done so many things well, but one of the things I think we struggle in collectively is that we operate out of a reference of fear fear of offending others, fear of, of uh, losing a reputation, fear of saying the wrong way. Like we just operate so much out of fear that inhibits us from really expressing what's the true part internally. And so we cocoon ourselves in these shells kind of thing. And so what does intuition look like when we're operating out, out of this threshold, this core of fearfulness and whatever it is that we're seeing without? How does that affect how we're applying intuition, whether well or not so well? Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're
1: saying. So that's why you're saying a lot of things that are like, holy crap, there's a lot more under the radar here. Mm-hmm. Gents on the screen, what, what, what are your thoughts there and, and what I was just throwing out there?
4: Um, I Here, I mean... I think fear is, there's a certain level of fear that maybe is healthy in the sense of maybe trying to protect yourself from, you know, sort of like reckless impulsivity, Okay. but um, and that's just a matter of like checking yourself and then making sure you're making the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's kind of my take on it, but certainly um, there is an overwhelming amount of fear in the world and fear amongst individuals, between people that maybe will be inhibiting them from um, developing deeper connections when, you know, when they're kind of putting their walls up and and, and not allowing for those those kinds of authentic, you know, uh, interactions to happen.
1: I concur with what you're saying there, Frank, especially because as we're talking in the context of friendship, what part does this core, perhaps, that I'm surmising, now it could be wrong on this one, but it just seems that that's something that most people could relate with, right? This element of fear. What does that expression look like in the midst of friendships, especially by way of application? As we interact and strive to grow deeper in friendship, there's that desire to know the other in a more intimate way and that takes time to grow right for some it takes slower other times uh, it takes it it goes a lot quicker as we were um, reflecting earlier um i I was with one of my friends uh this week earlier uh, this individual is really well known has a massive platform we have uh, been building a a wonderful friendship as we collaborate together but this individual came up to me with a couple of things that they discovered for the first time ever one they When they said, Binyam, I never knew that you were featured on the news or all this kind of stuff because of your work. And so um, they said, why don't you flex this or why don't you boast about this more? This is like huge. And I said – I had to correct her on what the news was really all about. But her intuition brought her to this point of saying, you have a way of responding based on what she was understanding of the story, right, which was I had to give her more – And then the second part of this piece that she was like really surprised at was the fact that she said – how did this come up now? Uh, we were t- this was in the conversation in the group that, that I was with, with her on. And um, and I just happened to mention, oh, yeah, I often get misunderstood. Most people think because of the way I present myself, because of the way I dress, because of the way I my mannerisms are, because of my soft-spoken voice, because of my my emotional accessibility, there's a lot of people who very quickly get to the conclusion based on their intu- intuitive observations of what I'm presenting, he at least must be either bi or gay. That's their conclusion. <laughs> and this friend who had known me for quite some time, had that, like, she's watched a lot of my content. She is really familiar with what I'm about and what I do. We've shared many intimate conversations already. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is an epiphany. She, was, she said, Binium, I had no idea. And the funny thing is that she works in this whole realm of Male um, gender issues, kind of thing, right? And yet she said, I was reading all the wrong cues, and I did the very thing that I said uh, you shouldn't do, kind of thing. But again, there's that application in the context of friendship that leads perhaps to an assessment that may not be reflective of reality, right? Hmm. Again, speaking to that piece of, now, I never take this personally for my no. part. I never, take, I never take it personally for a few reasons. Why? Because one, this legitimate way that people um, orient themselves, and I don't want They're to They're not doing it maliciously. Against. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bring disrepute to those who do identify this way by saying, how dare you? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm, I'm I'm not in that camp, but I definitely affirm those who are in that camp. And if you were, even better. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that inclusion, brother. And then, and, and, and then secondly, also because it invites that fantastic conversation of How do we pick up on certain stereotypes that sort of in some way filter into our intuitive cognitive um, processes that leads us to certain conclusions, especially in the absence of communicating about it? I picked up a beautiful woman this afternoon in my Uber, and I made some assumptions about her. But by the time our four-minute ride was over, I knew so much more about her. What did I know about her? I thought she was an introvert. She's an extrovert. She's an extrovert. I thought that she was, you know, like very um meek and, and no, she she told me about her background, how she has a few different ethnic um components in in it. She has the Canadian side, she's got the um uh, the Indian side and she's got the African side because that's where she grew up but she uh, no her, her parents are from Africa I, I should say but then she also has the Jamaican side the Jamaican side was the biggest influence in her life because she said to survive in that household where there's Jamaicans she had to fend for herself and let her voice be heard which has contributed to her destination now of being a very extrovertish, loud individual, but I didn't see that when she came walked to my vehicle at the beginning, and I still didn't see it when I said goodbye to her. I, I had to share my information saying, we need to sit down together and talk, you know, but nonetheless, <laughs> again, my intuitive powers, um, even in the context of friendship, leading me astray perhaps, too, right? What does that look like when we're seeing it employed in the midst of friendship.
2: Mm, intuition can definitely lead us astray. Can I uh, give mm-hmm. a, f- a little story myself Absolutely. too? Um, so as many of you know, I used to work with the homeless, and uh, this is not a specific story, this is a general story. There's a small handful of, of people that are homeless that are extremely isolated <clears throat> emotionally and socially isolated, um, and that will not let anybody in. and as I get to know them, I learn, as you can probably imagine, that there's a lot of trauma in their past, especially as a child. What type of trauma? Well, relational trauma. So the people that they ought to have trusted that they did trust, because we have to trust as a young child, for example, or caregivers, etc. And those people that they trusted, um, the trust was misused, and they were metaphorically stomped on and, Mm -hmm. and belittled and you know told to be uh, you know of no value etc mm-hmm. and then that then they didn't develop social skills which then they went out and tried to get uh, connections with people throughout their uh, you know adolescent and adult life and what happened well that didn't go so well either <laughs> mm-hmm. and then as a result here they are adults and they um they Their intuition tells them constantly with every situation, every human being that they connect with, Mm -hmm. that that person's unsafe. Wow. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they they shrink back and they don't reveal themselves.
1: And that's a powerful expression of their intuition Mm at work, isn't it?
2: Powerful. But what's unfortunate – is it fortunate? Is it unfortunate? Mm. Does this keep them – is this a survival thing? Uh, Yes, it is in a sense because historically – Um, opening up has been harmful to them Mm. but is it all is it harming their survival well yeah actually because Mm. when they were adolescents i mean teenagers children are cruel Mm. hopefully now they're you know 40 or whatever people are kinder Mm. you know Mm. uh hopefully Mm. (laughs) um and so but they're not opening up to these people and so they're losing out on something because their intuition is telling them something that's probably not mm-hmm. true, or at least not universally true. Mm-hmm. And they view the world as black and white instead of grays, like some people are safe, some people aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that fear and that sense of uh, lack of safety in this world, mm-hmm. um, yeah, teaches them I- intuitively that um, they need to isolate and they, they end up doing that in They end up not living a life of of purpose or meaning or of of value or connection or anything like that. So, all this is to say, I mean, going looping back to what Roger had said kind of early on. Well, ninety nine percent. I don't know if that's the accurate percent, Mm -hmm. but you know, the intuition tells you something that's helpful. Well, some people are higher, some people are lower, some people are in the middle. I guess, Mm -hmm. right? How often is intuition helpful or not? Well, is Do we have an actual measurement? Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, scientific measurement? Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a question I think that we, it would be helpful to ask ourselves, you know, is our intuition helpful? Mm -hmm. In what domains is it helpful and in what domains is it not? Great question. Um, And to just blindly say, I felt it in the gut, I must follow my gut, I think is not a helpful thing Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, But also on the flip side to be to completely ignore the gut Mm. (laughs) and to just do what you intended to do no matter what Mm. and never listen to your body sensations or or spirituality, I think is potentially equally as as harmful. Um, Yeah. So
1: I like those questions. Let me see if I can reframe them a couple of ways, too, because I was writing down those ideas as well. Just in the last 15 or so minutes of our time together, before I get Jonathan again to do a fantastic closing. This has I been a didn't rich even conversation. practice an I outro. know, <laughs> but this is going to be good. This is going like, to be good. It's, it's, all right, so all right. I love it. Nonetheless, <laughs> okay, so just re- rephrasing your question you were just asking, Joshua, which is on point, I think where I'd like to sort of direct the the, the concluding part In the frame of reference of friends how can we use intuition to strengthen friendships one how can we use intuition or our exploration of applying intuition in the context of friendship to strengthen those bonds and then how can we grow in our application of this characteristic intuition Because I think it's one of those things that we continue to move. You just mentioned some individuals, Joshua, who have had a really rough experience in life, who use their application more so for Mm self-preservation in ways that may not be beneficial in in the long run if they're looking at emotional health and so on, but they needed to employ those measures just to survive circumstances that were beyond their control. Do you know what I'm saying? So even as they seek the help potentially of therapists and counselors and psychologists like yourself, you guys are trying to give them tools to be able to break those habits, to move towards a different expression of what could be, which tells me in some sense that even as we, in this very intuitive, highly intuitive conversation, and that's why I think we appreciate this caliber of engagement because we grow from each other this way, how can we continue to think about our growth? in the application of this characteristic, not only to strengthen our friendships, but even how we use it in the midst of strengthening our, 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 our friendships. Let's just um, enjoy this moment of awkward silence for the next 14 minutes. I, I, I have
4: one thought, which may or may not answer your question. Go ahead. Um, and it's sort of, I think it was the point I was trying to think of earlier, is mm-hmm. to sort of... Um, when I spend time with a new friend or an old friend or or uh, you know someone that I see regularly or once in a while, mm-hmm. um, sort of like how does being around that person like noticing how does being around that person make me feel, mm-hmm. and how do I feel like you know when I'm spending time with them, and how do I feel about like what kind of energy do I feel inside me when I've done spend time with them? Mm-hmm. And is that a positive feeling or a negative feeling? And so maybe I want to uh, spend more time exploring someone that makes me feel positive uh, and and being, spending more time with them, uh, having more plans with them. And not only that, but maybe planning scenarios and situations with that person that would make make me more conducive to feeling that way. Now I'm not so sure if that's necessarily intuition, but maybe a way to kind of notice how I'm feeling about a particular person, how they make me feel, and, and maybe using that feeling to try to springboard more connection with that person and strengthen that friendship.
3: That resonates with me because as a fluid introvert slash extrovert, who lately is becoming more introvert than I'm extrovert. You're giving them, to me what I'm hearing is a perspective from an individual who tends to be more inclined towards ex- introversion. And so the need to be able to have that processing of feeling around a person is essential. Where quite often, if I'm forgive me if I'm wrong about the extrovert, the extrovert is being around people generally, uh, but has a lesser need of that significant feel factor. So, uh, what you said resonate with me because it's it's touching on the core of where I'm finding myself right now in my life being more introverted than I've ever been in my life ever before. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, go. on the flip side, if there's somebody that you maybe were friends with for a while or, or, or made a new friendship with, and I don't know They maybe they always kind of make you feel kind of shitty about yourself, you know, or Kind of make you feel like you like feel kind of negative about, about you know the interaction that you had or something that you said or something that happened. Um, yeah, maybe that's the situation where maybe you gotta notice that and either change the context of your interaction or maybe pull back a little bit.
1: When I was listening to you talk there, Frank, what uh, I I just wrote a note here. I said because I love the question you're assessing what's going on internally. I think that's the intuitive mm. process going on there. You're saying, yeah. what's going on here as I interact with this individual and what kind of feedback can I take from this? Is this something that's going to be helpful, beneficial for me, or is it perhaps more adverse? Where am I going to invest myself more energy-wise and look for those opportunities versus where am I going to you know, draw back because this may not be as conducive for where I'm heading in life based on that interaction. Mm. And then that... Led me to the conclusion of I wonder if you're making a, an, you're leading to another element or product of the application of intuition by way of laying our boundaries, especially in the bonds of friendship so you're taking intuitive um, information and in, you're processing it and saying here's the boundaries i'm going to have for these individuals in my life. Who am I going to make myself more accessible to' Who well, am I not going to make myself more accessible to, especially in relation to what healthy connection looks like for you mentally and relationally? Is that, is That's that a beautifully fair? put,
4: okay. Beautifully put. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: I agree. Okay. Now let me just ask Joshua why he's pushing back on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pushing
2: back on that. I'm just thinking a, a little little offshoot of what you were talking about um, came to my mind which is you know do we want to be friends with people that enhance our trajectory in life make us feel good etc whatever terminology you want to use and I think that that's one thing but it's unfortunate if we view the pursuit of friends or the development of friends as only that I think there's also What greater good are we doing for the world, for humanity, for them as individuals? Um, Of course, we want to grow and gain something ourselves Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we can gain ourselves is a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. What if I have a friendship with someone that I'm really not learning anything from and I'm not even perhaps even really enjoying the, the conversations, for example, but they're gaining a lot perhaps? Or we're doing something together that's creative, that's creating something um, that's better or bigger than me or them. Um, And and I'm sure there's so many other possible purposes of friendships besides just um, me enhancing my life or enjoying the friendship. And so I think if we consider all of those things together, um, that would be helpful. And so, for example, what I feel is one thing. It's relevant. So do I feel off? Do I feel after the conversation or, or the lunch or whatever we did with as a friend? Do I feel like this wasn't f- filling me up or something like that? Well, okay, that's a factor. It's something. But what are other things? Okay, are there other so tangible measuring, measurement, uh, measurable things that are happening besides just the feeling? I don't know. So,
4: Spoken like a true altruist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was accused of that once upon a time. It no, uh, <laughs> you, Roger, who was saying – no. Um, Joshua, I would say I agree insofar that an ind- individual has that ability to get to that point of saying, I have something to give. I have something that I, I'm – like, There, for example, imagine that individual who comes from a really broken past and their intuitive um, – application process is in reference for self preservation. They probably don't have any more to give because they're just in survival mode. They're probably individuals like that who are saying, before I look after others, I need to make sure I've got something for me first, right? So that's the only caveat I'd say in reference to, can we think about how we can also leave that legacy of investment in others? So that involves first and foremost, making sure that we have the resources Available for that, right? Absolutely. And then I was also thinking about serious conversations that you and I have had. Once ones. in a
2: once in a blue moon yeah. we have a serious one. Yeah. <laughs> we
1: do like once where I am like okay Joshua let's just uh, not take out the boxing gloves but have a really heart to heart where you'll uh, you know reprimand me or um, or I'll share some challenges with you vice versa kind of thing just because we really care about each other that way. But I think the intuitive accessibility even amongst our friendship here in, in, in this um, chat here is of such where when something is amiss we will have those conversations even though it doesn't make us feel good. Right, Frank? Well said. Where it doesn't make us feel good, but we are understanding intuitively that there is something for our good, even though we don't feel good. There is more of an investment of, this is going to help me grow a little bit further. I wish I could say I'm going to the gym and going to get buff more than Joshua without any pain, sweat, or toil kind of thing. But that's unreasonable. In the opportunities we have to grow in life, there are those friction Opportunities, I can call them that, friction opportunities, where we are doing the hard thing of saying this is not going to be fun, but it's necessary for the longevity of what we're planning for, investing in. And I wonder if there isn't that component Uh, that you're describing. Can I
2: suggest that that's going against intuition then? Because your intuition is like, ooh, that's uncomfortable. I want to avoid that.
1: No, I'd say that's the feeling. That's the feeling of experience. It says, uh, this is really comfortable when we get into this point, but the intuition is, for me at least, Joshua, yeah. the intuition is thinking more like, I can't not but have this conversation that I dread. The dread for me is more like just a feeling of, it 's never comfortable to have these sort of serious ones because there's always this uncertainty for one are they going to be open to receiving or hearing what your perspective is, or is this going to just go spiraling downwards because I caught them in the wrong moment or or I could just know. I think that's
2: your values, not your intuition I think that's your values are to go to those places because you know that that's important
1: okay so the values
2: yeah i don't think that's your intuition telling you
1: that i'd I'd
0: agree with joshua on this one um one one thing that has come up multiple times in what you were saying and what frank was saying and actually what joshua was saying as Mm. well um and probably also what roger was saying (laughs) was um just there there was a lot of conversation about how you know how certain situations make one feel mm-hmm. and, and that would definitely be more of the intuition side mm-hmm. uh, but for me, one step further along uh the line or down the down the well down towards the roots of uh, of of everything uh is the question why and that ties back into you know uh, looking at people specifically the homeless population that are uh, you know quite often uh, ostracized and they've uh, they 've just been cast aside and they're living more in that fear zone where they uh, there There seems to be a lot more of that intuition of everything is bad and is is a you know wrong for me um so my my question would be why is that where did that come from um and why why is that intuition there in the first place mm-hmm. uh, and and really delving deeper into that and then seeing if that is an intuitive um, response that you would like. Or if that is something that you would like to reprogram within yourself mm. uh, to to make a new intuitive response, um, and yeah, so that's that's my
1: two cents worth. We have about three minutes left. Joshua, you had an idea. I Jump had an in. idea. Yes, please, go with it. And then I'm um, going to ask for, before you share, just try, just so everyone's on the radar here, I'm going to just ask for sort of a summation of what each of us took from this time together. Just big idea of, oof, this is it. But while you're thinking about that, Joshua, run with your idea.
2: I wonder if intuition is meant to meet our needs, our psychological needs, or physiological for that matter. Um, and that is where, whether it be like survival, self-preservation, very basic needs, mm-hmm. or other needs, for example, self-esteem needs. You know, we talk about going up the ladder and Maslow's hierarchy, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or need, f- um, what other needs? I don't know, need a, a, for a sense of control or something like that. Does intuition, is is that the mechanism for our psychological needs? And is that different than, for example, as we were talking about values that are not about our needs, but are, that are being more intentional and more, how, how do I call it, um reaching above just our right. physiological, just listening to our body sensations and that's it. Um, values are taking it to the intentionality of things. I don't know, just just pondering mm-hmm. as you guys were talking was our oh,
1: word last week wasn't it intentionality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way to work that in there <laughs> <laughs>
0: we
2: gotta have a link as <laughs> here, <laughs> uh,
1: we'll make that work yeah what's next topic anyway we don't have one yet we're still in the midst of chatting but oh, one of the things yeah, I was thinking right. during the midst of this conversation I wonder if fear wouldn't be a fantastic exploration amongst us
2: I have another idea for another topic. Okay. I think we and this could be a multi um uh podcast topic. Mm-hmm. What are the characteristics that make a good friend Because, yeah. i mean juicy. we could we could find one and we could talk about it for twenty minutes and then we'd find another but there's <laughs> lots right yeah, yeah. so that's what I'm saying it may yeah, be anyways.
3: So to your question about the biggest takeaway from this evening, Roger. the biggest takeaway for from, from me is something I haven't voiced, and it just came down on me, and here it is. I was taught, I was socialized to believe that only women had intuition <laughs> and men had instinct, and this evening has just totally thrown that completely out the door. And I'm glad it has, because I've allowed myself to grow into feministic perspective for many reasons. And one of the big because I raised a, I've been raising a daughter all by myself. And so the way I was, uh, you know, uh, conditioned around it, and, and Jonathan, you just said how you re your, your intuition, I forgot the exact words, ties just completely into my closing aha moment here, it's that it... Whatever I was taught and socialized, but it might have been culturally, I got that from. I don't know where I got it from, but I'd always been, i had always had the thing that intuition was a feminine thing and instinct was a masculine thing, and they were similar, connected, but one was, but they were genderized. And so my, my, what I had historically of being with that is all wrong. And, whoever listens to this, I hope they take away the same kind of perspective as well, mm. that it's it's just totally not a gendered thing.
1: And before we move on, uh, Roger, I just want to note, I have a really high estimation for single moms out there who do the hard work of looking after kids, holding the fort down earning income, being Mr. Dad, or Mrs. Dad, I should say. But also, even rare, I would think, from my understanding, are single dads as well. I just want to honor you Thank being you, an amazing specimen for single dads out there too. So, yeah, thank you for being faithful that way in the midst of great trials that you shared with us as friends here. Of what mm-hmm. that will look like, I just want to know. I'm Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Frank, do go ahead.
4: Uh, yeah. I guess to sum up, um, certainly intuition. Um, To kind of answer Jonathan's question as to why, um, I think it's to do with past experience and, you know, why do I have this intuitive feeling versus that intuitive feeling, the way I was raised, uh, different situations I found myself in, and then that tying into the, you know, the word that Binion was talking about, stereotypes, and, you know, if this is the kind of person that makes me feel this way, um, so then... Tying that into what Joshua said, you know, you know I guess there's one thing to, um, to kind of you know follow your intuitions and process that, and think about how that makes you feel, but also challenge how those, what those feelings are, add logic to that equation, and you know, see if you can't kind of break out of that mold and, and you know challenge yourself to to build connections that you maybe intuitively wouldn't otherwise.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: fully agree on that one.
2: He summarized it for (laughs) me.
1: Did
4: you say you wouldn't agree? (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) I listened to that carefully too, don't worry. (laughs) I I would say for me, I was thinking about um, – it was almost an epiphany that intuition doesn't come sort of prepackaged and staying in the same static sphere, if you will but it actually morphs in our experience as as we grow as individuals, right? My application of intuition is not the same now as it was when I was 10 years ago, for example, right? And so I find even in in the way I'm trying to think my way through my intuitive processes, I'm having to re-question and tune in again to, okay, what's a better expression and what could be here, and a huge part for me plays into, here's what's going on intuitionally for me over here, but how can I do the same now for the other individual that I'm making intuitive assessments of, especially in the bonds of friendship, how can I make sure my intuition is informed by that person's right to still have their voice, how can I connect with that person and base my intuition after having had some feedback from where are they coming from? How are they processing the world? How are they perceiving and so that my intuition can be that, so that I feel more fair in my application in reference to others that I'm interacting with. Mm. That's my big yeah. there.
2: Um, My uh, maybe final thing to say is to maybe add a little bit more breadth to my perspective of what intuition is which is an unconscious stored kind of what frank had summarized as mm-hmm. stored system of of memories from your past etc um and i think it's important to understand that when we often think of memory as that part of our brain that stores the recall thing like well, on last tuesday i ate this meal and ate it with this person and et cetera. Mm-hmm. so recalling of events is stored in a certain key part of our brain the hippocampus primarily mm-hmm. um but when we think of stored memory every cell in our body and every organ in our body stores memories mm-hmm. so our heart stores memories our, we we talk about listening to our gut but uh, but the the vagal nerve in our gut is is connected to so much else um, we have memories in our skin. we have memories in, you know on and on and on every every part of our body mm-hmm. and and where do we have these store where do these stored memories come from? They come from largely our upbringing as you know before the age of five How, What do you guys remember before you were five? I don't know about you guys, but not much for me <laughs> basically nothing right um, at least recall memory right, but the stored memories of course, we all do right and so I think so, for example, intuition, like maybe you met a a, a sketchy person that was unsafe at two and he had a certain characteristic on his face and then you're, you know, you're 40 and then you see someone that has that same characteristic on their face and then your entire body reacts. but You have no idea what the heck's going on Mm -hmm. because you were two and you weren't able to actually store the memory uh, or the recall part of the memory, right? So our bodies, all this is to summarize, our bodies are magnificent um, and can serve us well if we use them well. Um, and intuition is, I think, one one way that we do
1: it. And, yeah, I love it. All our bodies are magnificent, says the sculpted one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, shall we wrap it up?
1: All right. Awesome. You haven't given your big takeaway yet.
0: Oh, do you know what? <sighs> I always struggle to find one big thing that really stood out. I I just love connecting with with all of you guys individually in these settings and in, in other settings as well. And it's it's always just so nourishing to my soul. Um, to to, to to sit here and be part of these conversations so I'm, I'm just feeling very very blessed right now so awesome. thank you to, to all of you and uh, thank you to our dear listeners and we're, I know we're going to be somewhere on social media eventually so I'm sure you're going to find us on Facebook Instagram and YouTube definitely friendology this has been friendology talking about intuition and we've covered fear we've covered safety we've covered how to be better friends with using intuition and how to dive deeper into why our intuition is the way it is we'll we'll have to catch you next time and i guess we've got uh, some some upcoming topics of what makes a good friend so stay tuned love y'all this is friendology.